Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coverage of the 2017 NFL Combine is brought to you by PNC, the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bud Light, the official beer for whatever happens, and Ford, the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now live from Indianapolis, here's Adam Crowley. And Matt Williamson, we are live with you until 3 o'clock. We are jam-packed today. We've got Albert Breer coming up at 1245 right now. Rob Rang, Senior NFL Draft Analyst for NFLDraftScout.com, joins us here. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. We were just talking about the cornerback position and the Steelers, and we don't consider it the Steelers' top need, but we do consider it a need that the Steelers could definitely add some depth, push some guys who are high up on the depth chart, down the depth chart a little bit. When you look at this draft, Rob, uh, how strong is it at that cornerback position? I think it's an exceptional class of corner. I mean, this is, in my opinion, there are four groups in this year's draft that rank among the absolute elite of any position groups we've seen in several years. That's a corner, safety, edge rusher and tight end and so if you are a club who is looking to uh, build up some talent at any one of those four positions then the 2017 NFL draft was catered made for you and we've said that that this really sets up for the Steelers because they could use a tight end I think their edge pass rusher will come in round one you know at that 30th pick we talked off the air a little bit about Artie Burns and I have a, a little bit of an out there theory that I looked at him as a press man coverage player a year ago which doesn't fit what the Steelers do. I mean, they're the highest zone team in the league pretty much. Could they, if they started to drift towards more man coverage and not an overnight thing, are there plenty of options at the end of round two, at the end of round three, even at the end of round one that would fit that mold? I think there are. I think that's, again, that's one of the reasons why this draft is, is really sets up well mm-hmm. um, if you have needs the cornerback position. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. Like, so, so Quincy Wilson from Florida is a player that, just because of his size and physicality, um, and his ability to, to line up and, and right across some player from receivers at the line of scrimmage and be able to get an efficient jam on them um, is, is one of the reasons I think that he – fits in best in a press scheme. At the same time, I also think that he is a good enough open field tackler, is big enough that he can also play zone. And so I think that he is a perfect example of a player that is likely to be available in the late first round. Perhaps, if he doesn't run very well, might even be able to slip into the second round and, and still be able to fill a position of need for you. Um, okay. So he was just one of those players. I think it, He sounds like Seattle would like him. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, he's that, that type of a player. And, and that's, frankly, like I agree with you in, in terms of Artie Burns from a year ago. That's where I thought that he would fit in best is in a, a press scheme. I think that we're seeing the teams that are having the most success against, say, teams like the New England Patriots, sure. you know, the, who have these these short, quick receivers, is you have to jam them at the line of scrimmage. Right. They're just too damn quick. Right. You know, And so if you are able to get your hands on them, 
those are the teams that seem like they have the most uh, success with that. And with so much of the NFL go gravitating to that type of offense, I think that there is going to be a, a shift um, in thinking with, with defensive backs in general. You are going to be wanting to implement a little bit more press scheme, even if you are a zone-heavy defense like the Steelers have been historically. Yeah, you need to be able to flip to it whenever you play a team like New England. And I know people were screaming that in the AFC Championship game. You've got to play some man. Well, the Steelers had been successful. They had won eight games, nine games in a row at that point doing what they do. I think it would have been just as bad at that time had they flipped. You've got to be able to practice these things and work on these things throughout the season if you're going to just flip the switch and do it in the biggest game of the year. Oh, exactly. I think that's one of the reasons why it, it used to be if you had two corners, you were fine. You know, I mean, assuming everybody stayed healthy. Now, it's not just that you need that third nickel corner or that you need a, you know, a dime corner or whatever. I mean, you need to have five or six guys. And if your five or six, fifth or sixth corner is able to perhaps be that specialist as a press corner, for example, so that when you do need to do that, you can make that switch. You know, and, and so I think that that's, again, one of the, the reasons why this draft sets up pretty well for the Steelers is because you can – potentially draft for your biggest areas of concern. You mentioned edge rusher perhaps in the late first round. You can check that box early on and still be able to find a corner in the third or fourth round who might be able to, to help you out and be that fifth or sixth corner that might be able to kind of come in and be a little bit of a specialist. Mike Lombardi always talks about how ideally an offense has a receiving core that reminds you of a basketball team. You got the Gronkowski all the way down to the Edelman's the point guard where Gronk's the center and there's every shape in between. And we're seeing defenses adjust to that accordingly, too. Like Sean Davis, he a corner or is he a safety? There's a lot of those guys out there, and the Mark Barons are becoming linebackers instead of safeties, that everybody's having to do a lot of things. Do you think it's true that at both these defensive back positions, there's all shapes and sizes this year? I think there are there is. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things, I think it's a great way of, of saying it, is that you know if you are going to go for that basketball team, if you do want a guy who's built like a point guard and a guy who's built like a center, the same kind of thing in, in that – you can look at this year's draft class. Um, there, there's going to be some quality corners that are going to come off the board in the second or third rounds that maybe they're just a little bit too slow or that maybe they're a little bit too short. I mean, there's a number of guys that, you know, at the Senior Bowl I watched that came in just at like 5'10". Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, you know, just too short for some clubs, but that are good football players. I mean, Cam Sutton from Tennessee, Chidobe Awuzie from, from Colorado. I mean, both of them are 5'10 and are flat ballers. I mean, yeah. they, they have been very productive throughout their entire careers. If, if they're six foot their first rounders exactly. every day of the week yeah. exactly yeah. and because they're two inches shorter but you might be able to get them now in the second or third or even, who knows fourth round um that that you know are going to wind up coming in the nfl and being very successful whereas there might be a guy like a say a fabian moreau from ucla who has all of the, the traits that you're looking for but hasn't been as productive he struggled a little bit with injuries throughout his career he may wind up being selected ahead of uh, say a Chidobe Awuzie, who has been so much more productive. So I think that you can't, in this draft class, you can find guys a little bit later on that might be able to play that, to use that same analogy, that, that point guard or shooting guard type mm -hmm. of role. Maybe they're a little bit shorter, but they're just as quick and they're known for their ball skills. And Line so, of his exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and so it would complement the, the investments the Steelers made a year ago in Davis as well as Burns. Rob Rang, senior NFL draft analyst for NFLDraftScout.com. Joining us here, Adam Crowley, Matt Williamson with you until 3 o'clock from Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. i got to throw this one in there selfishly. Uh, oh, I know who's coming. WVU. Rasul Douglas. Uh, what, are, <laughs> what are your thoughts on him? Uh, a guy who's longer uh, and 
took the ball away a bunch last year. Yeah, he did. I mean, he had a splashy season last year, and then I thought he backed it up with a nice week at the practice of the sure. Super Bowl. Um, had the longest arms of any of the corners there. I think there's 32 and a quarter inch arms or something like that, which for for teams like the, like the Seahawks and like the Green Bay Packers, you know, who have long-valued length, at the at the cornerback position, I think that he is going to be very high on their board. Um, you know, so he is a guy I, I personally think is more in that third round mix. Um, I think he's got a chance to sneak into the second round if if one of those clubs that really likes uh, really likes his length is going to go with that. The the big splashy 2016 season I think helped his draft stock immeasurably. Um, but at the same time, I also think that he's a player that has some holes in his game. I mean, he's not as quite as as quick. You do see some some misses uh, in tackling, and, and so because of that. I think that, you know, he is a kind of a guy that we were just talking before about how some teams are going to be valuing length over playmaking ability. He has both, but, he, like, again, he also has some holes. So uh, it, it's, I think we're going to see a heck of a run. The first, sec, first, second, third rounds, a heck of a run at the cornerback position. I expect it to be the, uh, the most popular position over the first 100 picks, perhaps setting some records. The last thing I really wanted to bring up was it, it, it's, it's outside of the Steelers situation at 30. But there's apparently two elite safeties in this group, you know, the, from LSU and Ohio State, very different players. Do you agree that they're top of the board, blue chip guys all day long? I I do, but I think that there's three of them. I think that Jabril Peppers from Michigan, I'm oh, absolutely, really? and I, I love this game. I, I think that it's, and to me, it is a testament to, to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan staff that they were willing to move him down to play linebacker because I think that he is pound for pound the best open field tackler of anybody in this draft wow. class. Okay. And so I think that they because Michigan had the, the, the talent and depth that they had at safety as well as corner, but they didn't have speed at linebacker. That's why they moved Peppers down there. But as a freshman, he played safety and he did very well. He just doesn't have the interceptions. And so there's a lot of analysts out there who think that he's not a great safety. But... So I, I personally have Jabril I've Peppers. actually seen him mock to the Steelers in the first round in a couple places. I, I could see it because if at number 30 overall, he's right. going to be the best player available, at least in my wow. opinion. Wow, okay. And so it, I could I could see that. Now, that said, I don't know that I think that, that that's likely because I think he's going to come off the board likely in the top 15, 16 picks. I'll okay. tell you this, if he does go in the top 15. He should do well here, huh? I think so. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. If he does go in the top 15, and I absolutely believe Jamal Adams for LSU, Malik mm-hmm. Hooker from Ohio State, they are exceptional talents. If all three of those guys go in the top 15, the last time that happened, I believe, was 1981, where we saw Dennis Smith, Ronnie Lott, and Kenny Easley go. Pretty good I mean, group. That's a that's a heck of a group. Yeah. Now I don't want to put that kind of you know that kind of pressure that's on these three young kids, but but at the same time, it just kind of speaks to just how rare this talent, this safety talent is, in my opinion. And and to go back to Jamal Adams and, and Malik Hooker, I, what I like about them is that they're different guys, and they just really show that the way that the safeties in today's era have changed from what we saw in the past. I mean, Malik Hooker is a big, long, lanky, athletic kid who has terrific ball skills um, but isn't quite the open field tackler. He scares me. I mean, he takes some mm. wild angles at times. He misses some defenders. but Not a lot of experience, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. Not much experience at all. Had the, the injury plague first season there, and, and so it makes me a little nervous with him. But the, the range of the ball skills are phenomenal. And so I can see why a team is going to be willing to gamble on him. Jamal Adams, I think, might just be the safest player in this entire draft. You know, I mean, he's he's one of my personal favorites. I mean, just 
like I have this fourth overall right now, which a safety a fourth overall. I mean, I should have my head, you know, checked. <laughs> sure, right. But he's just he, he's so clean. I mean, as, as the, the the son of a former first round pick, I mean, he gets it. He's physical. He's instinctive. He's a ball hawk. I mean, he just he is everything that you're looking for as far as a Pro Bowl safety. I just don't know that he has the range that Hooker has. So that's what I love about the those two in particular is that they really show the way that the safety position has kind of evolved in today's NFL. And so regardless of what you need, I, I feel confident those two players can do it. But I also think that Jabril Peppers is, a, is an elite player as well. This was fantastic. And Adam seems like one of those guys where you're writing a scouting report and it's like, well, i got to put something in the negative column. You know, <laughs> where, where do I put that? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I, I think if I look at the safety class, I mean, what I would say is, a, is the negative column. You know, I mean, I, I would think that the, the fact that you just said it with, with Malik Hooker. I mean, he had some injury issues. He's only a one-year starter. You know, I mean, he has you know some some issues of of, of his wild pursuit angles. And with with Jamal Adams, I would look at like, hey, we we've had these LSU defensive backs who've gone in the NFL. They've been high picks. Have any of them really lived up? to the expectations. I mean, you know, whether it be Laurent Landry going back years, whether it be a Patrick Pierce, I mean, he's good. Is he as good as the number five overall pick should be? Morris Claiborne. I mean, yeah, Morris Claiborne, Tyron Matthew. I mean, they were good. I don't know if they're becoming elite. I mean, Patrick Pierce is probably the best one. But, you know, having me living in the NFC West, I see Patrick Peterson all the time. He can be beaten. And so for a guy that is drafted as high as he has, as he was, and then to get the money that he has, I think sometimes people have unrealistic expectations. And so that might be the, the knock on Jamal Adams at this point, because I don't have many. That's well, not his fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Rob Rank, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17